On behalf of Leinberg Information Services, this is Bob Keebler, and joining us today is Jay Atkinson discussing Avrahami versus Commissioner, an important case in the captive area. Welcome, Jay. Hello, Bob. Jay, a very important case. Let's start with the basics. What is a captive? Well, a captive insurance company uh, can be many things, but primarily it is thought of as an insurance company that uh, a business owner forms to cover their insurance needs, and they can be either tax captives or non-tax captives. So, for instance, uh, ExxonMobil has a captive that it uses to cover environmental exposures, uh, as, in fact, um, uh, British Petroleum did and used it to uh, for the Gulf cleanup. Uh, their captive handled nearly all that. Uh, my alma mater, the University of Oklahoma has a captive insurance company for their med school, for the uh, medical malpractice liabilities of their students. Nearly all the Fortune 500 and even a lot of uh, medium-sized companies these days have, have captives, and what they use their captives for is, is they cover their insurance risk, and then to the extent that they have risks that they don't want to take on, what they do is they go and they reinsure it on the reinsurance market. So effectively, a captive is an instrument that is meant to cut out the middleman uh, insurance broker, retail insurance company, uh, allow people to, to a significant degree, self-insure their risk and also have access to the reinsurance markets. Now, how did this case come up and why is everyone so focused on it? Well, this, this case came up... Uh, uh, we're not we're not exactly sure how the commissioner picked it up. It was either picked up individually or was picked up as a as a promoter audit. There's now about um, promoter audits of captive managers. Captive managers are people that manage captives. Uh, they uh, there's about ten promoter audits going on. Promoter audits are very serious, where the IRS has gone in and asked for all their all their client names. Um, and it's possible this case uh, got picked up uh, through a promoter audit. It's important because it's the first case that uh, the tax court has issued that considers, uh, to any significant degree, a small insurance company, which is to say, heretofore, most of the cases involving captive insurance have been the big companies, the Gulf Oil, Humana, Harpers, uh, very big companies. Uh, This is the first case that's come up that's involved a very, very uh, small business and, and and so it's of interest to the small captive segment of the market, which is to say, like any other marketplace, the captive industry has segments. There's a big captive segment. There's a segment for, let's say, farmers that get together and they do group captives called farm mutuals. And then there's also a segment uh, for small captives known as 831B captives after the election. This case focuses on 831B companies where the uh, the insurance company was involved in what's called a risk pool. And a risk pool means that they've jumped in with a bunch of other people to try to distribute their risk. So unlike an Exxon or Microsoft or any of these big captives, um, they don't have the ability to spread their risk among numerous divisions, numerous subsidiaries, and so they have to participate in a risk pool. So this is the first case that comes up uh, regarding these risk pool captives. Now, these risk pool captives are the subject of the IRS's audit. The IRS has issued issued warnings um, uh, stating that that variants, not all, but variants of these companies could be considered uh, abusive. And so it's, uh, you know, it's it's very important to the industry as a whole to see what the tax court thinks in regard to these issues. So, Jay, how many similar cases are out there right now? 
Well, there's uh, believed to be over 100 tax court cases involving 831Bs, uh, and uh, over 1,000 cases currently under audits arising from the promoter audits. So it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, obviously, the first case that comes out uh, is going to carry a, a considerable weight with tax court judges uh, that are reviewing subsequent cases. So there's a lot of cases out there. There are a lot of people looking at this. And even more important than that, for the people that are in a particular risk pool, in this case you had a risk pool called Pan American, which was organized as a St. Kitts company. Uh, in this case, the uh, the tax court determined, Judge Holmes determined, that that insurance company was not an insurance company for tax purposes. Well, there were at least 50 or so, according to the opinion, other captives that were using Pan American as their risk pool. So presumably not only did the Avrahamis go down, um, but probably everybody else in their risk pool went down as well. And what is the effect of this decision? Well, the effect of this decision is basically to, to look at these 831B risk pool captives and apply some common sense and to look at the premiums, uh, look at the types of insurance, look at the actuarial analysis, and determine what's really going on here despite the paperwork. So the, the difference between a tax shelter and a real transaction is the tax shelter follows the technical rule of law, but if you look at it, it's not really a true economic transaction. So in other words, words, it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, but it's a man in a duck suit. It's not a duck. So the deal with Avrahami is, is this. Avrahami essentially dealt with an absurd situation. Now, this doesn't mean these absurd situations aren't common because they are, but here's the, the absurd situations. The, the Avrahamis owned jewelry stores in the Phoenix area, and they were buying absurd amounts of insurance and paying crazy amounts of premium to cover those jewelry stores for things such as terror, chemical, biological weapons threats. So I don't know if you've been into a jewelry store lately, but typically you don't see a lot of people in there walking around in hazmat suits. So it's kind of an absurd insurance that they were buying. There were other insurance that they were buying, but that other insurance could have been purchased on the open market for a fraction of the cost. So in other words, what you have here is you have, um, you have inflated premiums, and the idea is that you inflate the premiums. That increases the tax deduction to the underlying business. The money then passes over into the captive insurance company because it's made the 831B. It hasn't paid any tax on it. And so therefore, you've artificially created a, a deduction to the operating business. The money is now in the captive. Presumably at some point it will be distributed out at capital gain. Presumably also there will be an arbitrage between ordinary income and capital gain. And that's typically what the game is with these 831B captives. And so the tax court in Avrahami looks through all the paperwork. It looks through the inches of actuarial studies. It looks through the underwriting and the policies and basically says what you have here is you have an absurd situation. They were buying insurance coverage that they didn't need at prices that nobody in their right mind would pay. Because of that, the, the entire arrangement lacks economic substance and we're not going to allow it. Moreover, to try to get risk distribution, they were participating in a company called Pan American. Pan American had fewer no claims. Uh, it was selling terrorism cover. It was selling at an absurd price. And so the tax court also looked at this so-called reinsurance agreement that was providing the risk distribution and basically said, at the end of the day, you look through that as well. It's not really an insurance company. So the whole arrangement basically fell flat on its feet. So what should clients with similar arrangements do, and then as a follow-up to that, what if somebody comes and asks 
one of the lawyers or CPAs listening to this, I've been told I should do a captive. How do you approach a captive in a safe way? Well, again, I think you have to parse out uh, the, the captives that the service is looking at. Again, the service is looking at captives that have made the 831B election that are participating in risk pools. Those are nearly all, not all, but nearly all the captives uh, that are under audit, and the managers that sell those things are, the, are typically the managers that are under their promoter audit. So outside of that, you don't have any particular concern. However, if that is what is being pitched to somebody, for those people to protect themselves, to see if they're going to do it and do it right is the same that you do in any other transaction, which is to get an independent, truly independent, uh, second tax opinion, and maybe a third and fourth as well, depending on the, you know, the facts and if it doesn't seem just right. But you really want to go and get that independent second opinion from somebody and get it from somebody that has no affiliation at all to the promoters in the case. Uh, they're, not, they're, they're not recommended to you by the manager or by whoever's selling it to you. They're not people telling you to go talk to a specific person. It's somebody independent that you find that will review the transaction and, and tell you whether or not it's uh, it, it has a possibility of success or not, or whether it creeps into this area of impermissible transaction, which is what Avrahami is about. So basically, anyone with a captive has to, if they're already in an arrangement, they should probably get someone else to look at it in case they need to come clean with the service. And secondly, if they're looking at these captives, it would be a good idea to get a strong second or third opinion. That's correct, and and if somebody's if somebody has an 831B and they're in a risk pool, um, they're going to need to find somebody again to give them a second opinion and, and take a look at how the entire arrangement's been operated. Uh, ultimately, if if they're in a situation where their manager's under a promoter audit, or it's something that's very serious, then of course they need to go uh, contact Tax Controversy Council, uh, find somebody that can try to run in and and, and cut a deal with the IRS before uh, things get uh, too far south. Jay, thank you so much. You provided a lot of insight today, and hopefully that will help many people better understand captives. On behalf of Lineberg Information Services, this has been Bob Keebler with Jay Atkinson. Thank you for joining us today.